Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. This week, we're once again bringing clarity to the chaos. Today, we begin a two-day look at the ministry of Prophecy in the News founder, J.R. Church. Later this week, Steve Butler will continue our look at why we should explore Bible prophecy. Dr. Kenneth Hill will round out this week with an in-depth look at the assault against free speech that has and is being waged right here in America. These outstanding programs are able to be broadcast each day on almost 700 radio signals because of your prayers and financial support. Thank you for praying, giving, and telling others about Watchmen on the Wall. J.R. Church was a fascinating communicator, preacher, and teacher. While founding Prophecy in the News, authoring best-selling books, hosting the weekly television program, and overseeing the writing and production of the highly successful magazine, he never lost focus of his calling to share the good news of the gospel with everyone he could and reminding believers to keep looking up. Today, Greg Patton welcomes two special guests into the studio to discuss J.R. Church and his lasting legacy of faith, still felt around the world today. Well, you know, it was a little over a year ago, Prophecy in the News, which had lain fallow for a couple of years, and Southwest Radio Ministries, also headquartered in Oklahoma City, became Gospel Ministry Partners. Texas pastor J.R. Church founded Prophecy in the News back in 1979 in Oklahoma City, and the ministry became the premier prophecy news organization or ministry in all of America. In November of 1979, Prophecy in the News launched its worldwide ministry from Oklahoma City, founded by J.R. Church, a Texas pastor with a heart and a vision for Bible prophecy, as well as reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church colleagues in that ministry, Noah Hutchings and Dr. David Weber at Southwest Radio Church, helped introduce J.R. Church to the fans of their far-reaching radio ministry and provided support as he built his prophecy ministry from its Oklahoma City base. J.R. Church immediately began writing and publishing booklets on prophetic and end-time subjects, as well as soon launching a weekly Prophecy in the News television show that became syndicated on national TV, including Daystar and TBN. A daily radio outreach ministry followed. Thanks to J.R. Church, Prophecy in the News was always on the cutting edge of or ahead of the industry in technological advances, giving multimedia presentations on his travels to the Holy Land long before PowerPoint was heard of, and experimenting with and incorporating computer technologies before other organizations. Some have said if J.R. Church were alive today, he would be giving presentations from a hologram. Because of Prophecy in the News Hallmark television show, magazine, and a myriad of other publications and media, the ministry has reached a vast audience around the world since its modest but visionary beginnings. After J.R. Church went to be with the Lord back in 2011, Prophecy in the News pressed on for nearly a decade before, well, they took a brief hiatus. Until 2022, when the ministry was revitalized in partnership with longtime collaborator in ministry, Southwest Radio Ministries. Well, we're going to be talking with Tabitha Cook. 
She was blessed to have been born into a family of preachers and Bible teachers. She started working for the Lord at Prophecy in the News back in 2015. She says that J.R. Church's writings were just easy to understand. And how exciting to have a better understanding of the Word of God and Bible prophecy. And in February of 2021, the Lord opened yet another door, and she started working with Southwest Radio Church. And now she has an opportunity to work with both, both Prophecy and the News, a gospel partner with Southwest Radio Church. Joining Tabetha today is Lise Cutshaw, editor of the new Prophecy and the News magazine. What a beautiful, heard so many people say this, beautiful magazine it is. It runs a J.R. Church classic every issue. And she's a book editor, Lise Cutshaw, book editor and creative communications manager for Southwest Radio Church. East Tennessee native she is and has a background in print media, public relations, and teaching communications in higher education. We're thrilled to have both Lise and Tabetha with us today. You know, perhaps we should talk a bit about the history of prophecy in the news today, since, well, we know many of our listeners may not be familiar with the ministry, and it was Brother J.R. Church's main focus the last 20 or 30 years of his life sharing all of this. So let's start with you, Lise. Can you tell us a little about prophecy in the news and how J.R. Church came to direct and expand its efforts? He had been pastoring in Lubbock, Texas, at Western Hills Baptist Church that he started and just got a word, many words, thoughts, and leading of the Spirit that it was time for him to do something else. And it turned out that that something else the Lord had been preparing him for, as he'll tell us in his book, the Lord had been preparing him for it for most of his life. He had started out as, even at age seven, he says, preaching his first sermon and had memorized along the way many, many Bible verses, and then gone to Bible college in Chattanooga and then started pastoring churches. But in between, even as a young boy, J.R. had loved radio from the very first moment that it existed. He loved it, got his first crystal radio set and learned Morse code, became a ham radio operator. And at this juncture, after having pastored for almost 20 years, he just felt like he needed to spread the Word of God in a larger way. And so he took a leap of faith, moved to Oklahoma City with his wife Linda and their children, and started Prophecy in the News. It started with essentially a picture, a large wall-sized image of the world behind him and a moon globe beside him and his Bible in his hand. And the first TV segments were that simple. J.R. 
sharing the word and sharing prophecy and his very theological and biblical perspectives on prophecy. And it just grew and grew and technologically grew over time. They ended up with a thousand square foot studio that they were at in the latter days of the show, creating their regular prophecy in the new shows. Amazing growth. And JR Church was always on the cutting edge of technology. There's a super fan of J.R. Churches, who says that if he were around today, J.R. Church would be a hologram or be broadcasting from a hologram. And that would be true because that man loved and understood technology with such depth and with such passion, a passion that was only eclipsed by his love of the Lord and of winning souls. Thank you, Lise. Tabitha, I understand that you have much to do with the creation of the brand new J.R. Church autobiography, Keep Looking Up. That's an exciting title. How about enlightening us a little bit on how we are just publishing for the first time the autobiography of Brother J.R. Church when he has been with the Lord for the last 12 years. J.R. in 2003 started putting articles in the magazine, little glimpses of his life. And he did that all the way up to 2011, which that was his gone to glory, which someone else wrote, but it was his, you know, going home. Yes. It went from 2003 to his death. He takes you on the journey of his life. You know, he has a twin brother. He just let you step into his living room. He told all about his cancer. Anytime his doctor would give him something, you know, what we would say devastating news, he would find the silver lining and try something, you know, untraditional. He was just groundbreaking in so many different ways throughout his life. It amazes me. So, Tabitha, how long did it take in gathering all of this information and, and putting together the many pieces of this puzzle of his stories and certainly of his life? Once I got started, it was about three or four months, and I had a good idea of how it needed to be put together, you know, like chronologically, because sometimes he would put things in front of other things, but you could tell within the story that he was a certain age, you know, so I kind of laid it out chronologically as best I could, you know, to keep his life going uphill as it should. For those months, I was just engrossed in his life story. I was like, he's sitting here telling us his life stories. Oh, I think we're going to find out in reading this new book at Southwest Radio Church that everything from his birth as a twin to his first experience with answered prayer as a young boy to his fascination with technology and ham radio to his early Bible training and love of music and winning souls to Jesus Christ through college, marriage, pastoring churches, starting prophecy in the news, and navigating cancer— what a story within the pages of this brand new autobiography. 
So would you say this is an academic book with footnotes, or is it an easy read? There's really not an academic side to this book, although it is very informational in so very many ways. It is definitely an easy read because it's written in J.R. Church conversational style, and he had his own absolutely engaging, endearing, and sometimes colloquial way of putting things, phrasing things, and just just fascinating to listen to and to read. And this is just J.R. talking to us. So I wouldn't call it academic, but I would call it uh, very experiential and enlightening. So now I have a question for both of you. J.R. Church was indeed a, a real storyteller, was he not? What was your favorite story in the book? Let me ask you first of all, Tabitha? What was so fun was when I got to the chapter that we titled, Hello, Dear Lord, Are You There? He loved ham radio. He loved any technology of the time. Well, he was a young teen, and he got got into Morse code and all of that. Well, one day he decided he was going to contact Israel. He really wanted to contact Israel. So he asked the Lord, this is what I want. You know, let's make it happen. Well, so he sits down. And he punches in all the CQs and and all of that in his location. And, you know, who's out there? Well, then he prays. And then something comes in that's Palestine. He said he jumped for joy, jumped completely out of his chair, shouting, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then he went back to his device and it said, Texas. Texas. And he said he knew at that moment that was the closest to Israel as he was going to get <laughs> because he only had a so many mile radius of who he could talk to. But he said he thanked God. He said, I had goosebumps the size of Texas, but he never forgot that afternoon. He said, I connected with heaven. He had a way of looking at things and not expecting it to be what he was thinking. He could just see God in it. Awesome. Great thoughts, Tabitha. Thank you. Lise, how about you? Your favorite story from this new book? This book is so full of incredible stories. I hardly know where to start in sharing favorite stories, because I could probably give you 20 out of the 40 chapters that are in it easily, 20, 25 favorite stories from it. That man was a storyteller extraordinaire. But if I had to pinpoint a couple favorites, one of them in particular is the story of, I guess, his first really strong definitive experience with answered prayer. And I don't want to be a spoiler and give away too much, but he had borrowed someone's bicycle and sort of 
messed it up (laughs) accidentally and was going to have to purchase or felt like he should and that he really took responsibility for it felt like he should purchase a repair part and repair it for his friend but he didn't have the money for it the part was going to cost a dollar he knew that it would and so he was desperate he didn't know what to do he turned to prayer and he prayed Lord, please let there be a dollar along the sidewalk as I'm walking home or walking along the way. Please let there be a dollar along the sidewalk somewhere. And yes, there was. He bent over, moved some grass around, and there was a dollar exactly in the grass, and he was able to repair that item for his friend, and he learned a great lesson about praying when we need something, and the fact that the Lord listens and the Lord answers. He, of course, notes that the Lord does not always answer in that exact moment, but in this case, he did. It was so inspiring and, and so sweet. Keep looking up. Reflections on a life well lived. So thankful to Lise Cutshaw and Tabitha Cook for their insights into this brand new book available at Southwest Radio Church. You are going to enjoy this autobiography, my friend. It will be an enriching blessing to you and those you love. We'll hear more stories and insight on the legacy of faith of J.R. Church on our next program. Today, I'm excited to announce the debut of J.R. Church's autobiography entitled, Keep Looking Up. From birth to death and the journey in between, this autobiography illustrates the faithfulness of Prophecy in the News founder J.R. Church and his life of service to the Lord and mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dark world. Taken from Church's monthly column, Reflections, in the PITN magazine, the longtime leader in biblical prophecy looks back on his life in this collection, published all together for the very first time. Under Church's shepherding, Prophecy in the News became a national leader in biblical prophetic interpretation, and today continues Church's vision as well as exploring new perspectives and discoveries. As we await Jesus' blessed return, and do as church admonished, keep looking up. Keep Looking Up by J.R. Church is ready to be enjoyed by everyone who opens its pages. Order your copy today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order Keep Looking Up by visiting our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Jewish Roots of Christianity author Larry Stamm is here now to share encouragement and insight on how you and I can effectively, without fear, share our faith with others. Shalom, friends. Larry Stamm here. So glad you are joining us as we continue in the series, Serving in His Court, 
Biblical Principles for Personal Evangelism from the Heart of a Coach. We are continuing to discuss and unpack the most important message in the world, namely the gospel message. Remember we spoke regarding 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, where the Apostle Paul wrote, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. We spoke about the fact that there are three main components found in that passage regarding the gospel, substitutionary atonement, resurrection according to the Scriptures. We talked about the fact that Scriptures was a reference to the Old Testament, When Paul wrote that letter to the church in Corinth, remember, the New Testament letters had not yet been all written and compiled into one volume. That would all occur around 250 AD. In this lesson, we're going to talk about substitutionary atonement according to the scriptures, the Old Testament. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Remember at the fall of Adam and Eve. When they rebelled against God and they partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Bible says in Genesis 3-7, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Not only did this happen literally, but it's also a very powerful word picture for us. Here, when they attempt to cover their sin and shame with fig leaves— This, friends, was an unacceptable covering for sin. It was an unacceptable covering for sin. Later in Genesis 3, verse 21, the Bible says God provided a covering. Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. Genesis 3.21 states also for Adam and his wife, the Lord made tunics of skin and clothed them. So here we see a sharp contrast between man's attempt to deal with sin and God's provision for sin. This also is a very powerful principle for you and I today as we think about evangelism and talking to people about the Lord. There are so many people in the world that believe that somehow they are going to get to heaven based upon what they do. And when we think about sinners separated from God, which is exactly what sin does, the Bible says that our sins separate us from our God and that the wages of sin is death. In Genesis 3, Adam and Eve attempt to deal with their sin. And people today in the 21st century are attempting to deal with their sin They're doing good works. They're giving alms to the poor. They're flagellating themselves. They're doing all kinds of different things. But the reality is this. Only God can provide an appropriate means of not only covering for sin, but cleansing of sin. And God here provides for sin. Notice what he provides. Says the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. The tunics of skin of what? An animal. And the implication is that an animal died. An animal's blood was shed. What kind of animal? Well, an innocent animal, for one. 
God made tunics of skin and clothed them. So an innocent animal died. Adam and Eve actually lived. God covered them with tunics of skin. Fast forward when God establishes a relationship with the nation of Israel after the Exodus. Remember, God establishes a covenant with Moses and the Jewish people on Mount Sinai, gives them the law, and then in Leviticus 17 gives them the altar of sacrifice, which would be the foundation of substitutionary atonement. Leviticus 17 verse 11 states, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. God gave the altar as the means of atonement. Fast forward to the first century in John chapter 1 verse 29. John the Baptist looks at Jesus and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus sacrificed himself for lost people. The shed blood of Christ not only covers sin, it cleanses us of all sin. And our great high priest, Jesus, he shed his blood as a one-time-for-all atoning sacrifice. That's why the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. There was no longer a need for a temple because the Lamb of God had come to offer himself as a one-time-for-all atoning sacrifice that would provide forgiveness for anyone who would put their faith and trust in Jesus. And the Bible is very clear in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 wrote, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Sometimes I like to tell people God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His ways don't change. And we see from the book of Genesis into the New Testament that God provides not only a covering for sin, but God must provide a cleansing of sin for mankind. In the Old Testament, it was the altar of sacrifice, the life of the flesh is in the blood, and ultimately Jesus Christ shed his blood as a one-time atoning sacrifice, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's a little bit about substitutionary atonement in the Old Testament. Friends, next time we're going to briefly talk about resurrection in the Old Testament, an exciting study as we continue to study the gospel as witnesses for Jesus Christ. Until next time, friends, the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Shalom. Keep Looking Up, Reflections on a Life Well Lived is the autobiography of Prophecy in the News founder, J.R. Church. This brand new book will encourage you in your faith. Order J.R. Church's book, Keep Looking Up, today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order Keep Looking Up by visiting our website, swrc.com. Tomorrow on Watchmen on the Wall, we'll have more stories and reflections on the life and faith of J.R. Church. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Watchmen on the Wall, 
is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Please visit our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com.